from MIT, and um, I'm the program director of a project called Visualizing Cultures. Um, and while we make the transition, um, I was struck this morning as I was getting on the shuttle. Um, it was about a decade ago. I was in Las Vegas um, at a conference called uh, Digital Hollywood. And um, I, was, uh, I just produced a project, an educational uh, television series, an online project called uh, Cam Kids. And, um, and it was, it was it, the, the, the purpose of that, that, the development of this project, um, the, the people that had funded the, uh, the building of this piece of educational media content was that, you know, to not have the only thing available on this, this new resource, the internet, that was exploding with content, um, video and still imagery and text, um, was, was videos of people swinging cats around by their tail. Um, and that is, uh, that is in, as, 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 as Peter Kaufman said this morning, um, one of the things that I am heartened nearly a decade later to see that, uh, you know, that here at, at Columbia, um, that with, with, with all of you people, we are, we are here and charged with just that, um, creating, creating educational media content that has value and relevance um, and this, 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 this incredible medium of the web. Um, a little bit about visualizing cultures and what it is. Visualizing cultures is part of MIT's Open Courseware initiative, um, and that's that's more or less our, our distribution um, channel. We are a course at MIT, um, but largely what we, we we like to consider ourselves is this is a functional platform um, for for media and content that examines the historical record through the images that were created at the time. Um, Visualizing Cultures does a, does a number of things and functions on a number of levels, um, technologically, um, in terms of content, delivery, um, pedagogically, um, and, and in terms of its models. Um, the project was the, uh, was the, the, the genesis of the project came several years ago with uh, Professor John Dower, who's a fairly noted, well-known historian at MIT, um, winner of the Pulitzer Prize, um, you know, um, had wanted to wanted to use what he had always done to research his content um, and develop his develop his works um, was was in images. He based everything he did on imagery. Everything he wrote was based on on on, on scanning the his, the visual historical record. And what the the, the problem in in his in both the academy and uh, and 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 publishing up to that point had been um, there is no way it is cost prohibitive too cost prohibitive to, to produce and publish works with color um, images in them. So John was relegated to writing 600 word texts um, with, uh, with, with, with a dozen or so black and white images stuck somewhere in the middle of that tome. Um, and suddenly, this is a man who to today still does not use email. Um, this is true. I get all John's email, um, <laughs> which is a horrible thing. Um, to this day, does not use email, but saw the value and of, of using, using the internet as, as finally the distribution channel that would allow him to, to wrap text around imagery in a way that would add entirely new value and relevance to that image, to those images, and to his text. Um, and, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but that was really a big deal um, in, in terms of John's thinking and his capacity to be able to do that. And I think for people to be able to absorb scholarly content and historical and cultural materials. Um, so what we, we, we call what, what we do at Visualizing Culture is something we, we've, we've, we call um, digital image scholarship. Um, 
And, and essentially, we look, at, we look at visualizing cultures as a platform, a bridge, um, between what content, the, the amazing rich depth of content that museums and other cultural institutions hold um, in their repositories, um, and, and scholars, and, and other experts, and the knowledge that they bring to contextualize that content and those different media. Um, and so in that way, we, we hope to be, we hope it is our goal and our mission to, to by, by bridging those two things, we add, we add context to that material and we, we, add, we, we, we allow access to the materials as well um, for everyone, for everyone to be able to see and, and uh, interact with the great, the great and rich um, cultural materials um, that, that have been created throughout history. Media is not new. Um, so let me take you through a little bit of what the content, what the content looks like, and what the platform is. We have units, and because John is a is a historian who specializes in Japanese history, most of the content that we have thus far is focused on on Japan and and, and effectively modern Japan, Edo period to the to the present, um, 18, 1850s um, to now. And um, what, but what we are doing is expanding that content to include other other cultures, other countries, other other different um, resources. Um, so what it, what it looks like is a unit um, starting with, with a, a, something we call Black Ships and Samurai, which is about uh, uh, the American Commodore Perry going to Japan and opening uh, what had been a then secluded country. Um, we, uh, we have something called the core exhibit, and that's John's text. So when I, when I met with John for the first time, um, John had about 40 pages of, of straight text and a box of slides, and, um, and he said, I want to do this thing. Um, and that was where we began. And so we, we began to, to embed the images um, into, 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 his, into his text, um, and there he began to, you know, begin to take details out of these images, and I'm just going to move through this very quickly, um, and I'll, I'll tie this into where, where, where we bring video into all of this. But the, the ability to break things down, to go into details, what have you. Um, was, was, was clearly one of, one of John's, one of the, the thrilling missions of, of John, to be able to, to draw, draw the user in, to be able to wrap his text, as I've said, right around the imagery. This is another unit called Yokohama Boomtown. This is after, after Perry had come, the, the country opened, uh, Japan has now opened up to foreign commerce and, and intercourse and trade. Um, and, and one of the things I, that we, we had, as the, the producers on the project said to John is, you know, this is, People are going to get lost in this text. It's too much. It's it's too scholarly. You know, we need to allow them another way into the content that can then push them back into something that, that's more textual and has the depth that you want. Um, so we, we 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 took some the th the themes that he had developed and and built something called uh, the visual narratives. Um, and that just took again it took themes specific themes in his text and broke them down. Took the images, lined them up in a very you know graphic novel or manga esque way and adds, added small bits of text around them um, and allowed us to go in even de in more detail onto the images. And so this is just an example um, of what this looks like. We have, we have about 15 of these units that are available now, about another 15 are in the, in the pipeline. Um, from there, what we didn't want to do was just limit it to John, when John develops or the other scholars we work with develop content, they um, 
they're, they're working with, with hundreds and thousands of images um, often. And so we, we wanted to then allow the users, the, the audience for this, um, to go in and look at a broad database of images, not just the images that the scholars have picked out and said, these are the images that are valuable to look at the broad contextualization of what, what had been created at the time. So if we have 100 or 200 images in the core exhibit or the visual narratives, um, in the database we will have up to uh, 4,000 images associated with each of the, um, each of the units, um, but, but done in context. And uh, why, that's, why that's important is one of the things that we had found in working with uh, museums like the Smithsonian and the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston is they have these amazing databases and they've, 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 you know, they've digitized things, they're aggressively putting them online, but they're an absolute morass. Um, and, 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 to, and to their credit, they're getting this, the images up there and, and putting the content online, making them available to anyone, but it's very difficult to navigate through these, through 400,000 images if you don't have some level of, 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 of contextualization, some level to, to granular way to bring that down into a digestible number of images and to put that number into a context, into a context that has some re more further relevance. So what we've done, um, and, and museums have changed dramatically. Ten years ago, museums would not have allowed sort of, they would not have allowed the walled garden to, to open up. And one of the things that we've done in working with, with, again, with the Smithsonian and the MFA is to say, you, you can keep the images on your database. Allow us, and so what we've done at MIT is to build this, this, this technology, we call it the shadow asset. Um, we go in and we build, a, we build a corral around a certain number of images. Um, in one of the MFA units, that's, um, that's 400 images uh, having to do with the Russo-Japanese War. Um, 400 woodblock prints from their Sharf collection that, that might live on the MFA's collection of 400,000 at, at image number 25 and another one at image 399,000. So there's no, they're, not, they're not housed together. And again, this is not what the museums are charged with doing. Um, it would be great if they could do it better, but there, we, we credit the museums with just getting this content there. It's the, it's, you know, it's the job of other folks like, like the John Dowers um, to add some level of context and then for technologists and producers to then to put, to put that context in there, um, as well as have it be open and free and available to everyone any way they want to use it in that, in that wild corral. So we, what we've done is pulled that content in, again, in, in say, in, a, in the context of 400 images associated with this, this, this particular unit. Um, and we do that, and we can also add our own metadata. We've added, we, we have, the, so the, the content can all live on the MFA's database, but we can add our own metadata to it to create an exposed keyword database. So, you know, the MFA can't necessarily create a whole set of metadata or keyword tagging schema for their content, but we can, and we can do it in context of the content that we're presenting to, to the user. And that user is, again, to get specific as a general audience, is a secondary, um, a secondary user, and again, to um, more scholarly, scholarly and academic users as well. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's a huge piece of what we do, and by allowing that, data, that database to be open and to be contextualized in a way where there's a, there's a digestible amount of content um, to, to, the, to, to general users um, and that, that, level, with that added level of relevance, um, we find that users are very much empowered and then go and create their own mashups, create their own motion graphic animations, create their own PowerPoints, their slideshows, whatever they may be, using that content, using the metadata, but then using the scholarly materials or the other materials and resources that we've provided as some level of reference. And it's, it's fairly contained um, and, 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 and purposeful. So 
in terms of video, video is a key element um, in what we do. Um, and uh, we, we very much, we want to be able to, we, we, know, we know the power of video allows a general audience or anyone to get into the, into the content right away. There's no audio on this if you're, um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play something as I, as I close. Um, we appreciate the power of video, as I've said, um, and what we've done with a number, with, with all of this, we create a scholarly text, create the visual narrative, the graphic novel approach to allow users another, another way into the content, allow a large database of, of materials for people to play with, and then also we provide some linear content or some interactive media um, that, that again pulls the content together and, um, and begins to you know, impart some level of, of additional value or knowledge to it and to users who are, who are taking in data in different, in different manners. Um, what I'm showing you right now is something I did in the collaboration with, um, with uh, Roundabout Theater and Stephen Sondheim at Studio 54 a few years ago. Um, and just in the way that, the wonderful way that collaboration forms, um, they had seen this project, the folks at Roundabout and Sondheim, and, and he said, you know, instead of this, you know, the, 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 the thousand words and playbill that we're going to have, is he was, he was, he, they, were, they were reviving um, Pacific Overtures, which is about the encounter between Perry and the Japanese. You know, could you put together a short animation that will play in, a, in, a, in the lobby um, for people to be able to, to get an idea of what was happening using the, the historical images created by the Japanese and by the Westerners um, and to juxtapose that and to try to, to, try to tell the story. Um, and we, we, by working with Apple and other, other people, um, we, 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 we built this animation, which I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let run. Um, but again, the, you know, the, the, mandate, the mandate for the project is to, for visualizing cultures, is to create scholarly content around visual imagery. Um, and then to allow users to be able to find, their, what, by whatever way they feel most comfortable, pathways into that content, into that rich depth, of, of material, um, and then to create and, and to purpose their own content. Um, and again, we've, we've provided a number of tools, we provide a number of different platforms, um, but largely, you know, we, we want the content to just be the content in whatever means people want it to be. And, um, you know, and, and, and we find that if, if, we don't, if we don't pull out this content and allow, and allow people to, you know, allow scholars to a, add their, their, their pieces, their, their information and their data to the content, and then have that content be more, made more relevant to, to users of, of all different levels, the users then add another level of relevance to that content. And, and if that doesn't happen, these materials, these, you know, this, this wealth of visual materials will uh, effectively rot in archives, physical and digital. Um, so, so that's 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 part of the mission is just to continue to get this material out there and to put it in a scholarly context. Thank you.